Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Football Championship Weekend. You know who they are. Many of you love them if you're on the roster. Christian McCaffrey at number one at the Washington Commanders and Kyron Williams at the New York Giants. Hayden, we have about 28 other ball carriers to rank after this for the people to win their titles. How you feel? If you are facing Christian McCaffrey this week, I wish you all the luck (laughs) because you will certainly need it. Uh, CMC, obviously the Niners projected for the most points, 31. You don't see very many team totals get up into the 30s like this, but the commanders are certainly earning it without Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and Jameen Davis, their linebacker. They have no chance. Brees Hall went absolutely nuts against them last week, and Christian McCaffrey's on another level. The commanders have allowed Bondre Stevenson to be the running back too. Kenneth Walker running back seven, Saquon Barkley running back one, Tony Pollard running back six, A-Chan the running back three, Tyron Williams running back five, Brees Hall running back one. This might be the highest projected fantasy uh, point total of any week going into any season. Mm. This is crazy. Kyron Williams at the Giants at number two, not too far behind Hayden since returning to the lineup in week 12 after that injury. He leads all running backs with uh, about 26 touches per game. And that's helpful when you're facing a New York Giants defense that is allowing 4.5 yards per carry and uh, 16.6 rushing points per game. Third most rushing yards allowed over the entire season. And then, yeah, this month, he's averaging four more expected points than any other running back. So these two are by far the top two, just to get a feel. 121 total yards in the pick and lobby for CMC. Kyron Williams, 115 total yards. Everyone else is in the 90s and 80s. So these are the best two fantasy assets right now. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have them because you're tuning into a final show. I don't. My best running back is Jonathan Taylor on my one finals team in Dynasty this season. Uh, My second back is Gus Edwards. We will rank all those names, including Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I don't Uh, typically do this. Just a disclaimer, just to get it out there. Um, Hayden has Clyde Edwards-Alaire ranked very highly today and we're going to have a great conversation about it and again 28 other names for all of you to put into your lineups here we go Hayden this kicks off with the third running back that is actually Rashad White against the New Orleans Saints talk to me just so consistent RB4 and RB5 usage this month he had 15 carries three receptions against the Saints back in week five team totals rock solid because the Bucks offense is very good uh, just it's the best combination of floor and ceiling. The receiving ability gives him the upside. The total volume uh, gives him a floor. 91 and a half total yards in the underdog fantasy pick and lobby. So this is just like the easiest RB3 you can come, come up with. There's a lot of NFL teams that have played each other like in the last two weeks or three weeks that are also playing each other this week. Mm-hmm. The Bucks and the Saints did not play each other until all the way back in week four of this season. I'll have some Alvin Kamara discussion points. That was a game. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that led us to calling PPR the devil's game. Um, 
For Rashad White, though, Hayden, you remember when we talked about in the first six weeks of the season, it was very different usage from him. He was not being involved mm-hmm. in the passing game at all. Um, he only had three catches in that contest. I will add, though, that the Saints are allowing a league low six receiving points per contest to running backs, which mm-hmm. I think Rashad White, Dave Canales, and Baker Mayfield are certainly going to challenge that number so far this season. Definitely. And this is a game for the division, more or less. If the Bucks win this one, they are the champs. So everything on the line here. Next, Saquon Barkley all the way up at running back four. Is this a Tyrod Taylor change? It really is. The Giants project for 20 points this week. Typically, we've talked about them in that kind of 14, 15, 16 range. So we're adding basically another touchdown to their projection. Saquon Barkley is coming off monster usage again last week 18.4 expected points he's not giving up certainly the Giants still are fighting for a lot right now and this is just a shootout game we're going to talk about the Rams already with Kyron Williams they're expected to go crazy I think that Saquon Barkley in catch-up mode is which is exactly what we saw last week he's Mm going to get his carries he's for sure the goal line back he's definitely going to get some targets in garbage time here I just did want to give a shout out though the Rams defense they're number one against fantasy running backs this year, which is crazy to think about all the turnover they've had. Shout out to the coaching staff, obviously Aaron Donald, Les Sneed's hit on defensive linemen as well. So the Rams are a good defense, but their offense is so good right now that I think that Saquon Barkley's volume is going to get there. Underdog Fantasy Pick'em Lobby loves them at 85 and a half total yards. This is a confident ranking by you. I mean, because he's been either great or really bad. Mm-hmm. In fantasy football the last few weeks, I think we always can talk about how that's attached to an environment, how that's attached to certain players. Uh, running back 38, then running back one. Running back 45, then running back four. Running back 45, then running back nine. So you're hoping for one of those top 10 weeks. I trust Tyra Taylor more than Tommy Cutlets. Sadly, I hate to admit it. Well, but so do Brian Dayball. So. And so do the betting markets. Yes. Okay, B. John Robinson. You're running back five. Hopefully the people tuned into the show last week and understood the dynamic that was very different in that Carolina Panthers game with weather facing base personnel defense about 52% of the time. We knew last week against the Indianapolis Colts, they run base personnel about 19% of the time. Hayden, that also included this past weekend, season highs of seven receptions and 10 targets. And I will add the figure, 22-ish percent of the time is how often the Chicago Bears play base defense. Right now, the Falcons are just running the ball like crazy, and when they do pass the ball, it's going to be John Robinson. So it was a season high in usage last week at 22.4 points. That's a lot of them. I don't expect that to really go away. Uh, right now, the Bears' defense, where they're weakest, is actually allowing running backs to catch the ball. They're yep. second worst. Uh, or that they're by far the, allowing the most 196 more yards than the second worst fantasy defense uh, to running backs. So he's going to get out in space. He still isn't the all around player that the Falcons were probably hoping for. That's why Tyler Algier mixes in enough. But Arthur Smith's coaching for his job. How do you please the owner? You give the guy you just spent a top 10 pick on the ball 20 times. I love that we are coming off a season high in receiving usage going straight into the game where the matchup dictates the running yep. backs getting the ball as pass catchers because they are actually third in rushing points allowed this season. And as you said, worst in terms of backfields catching passes. Yep. Okay. Running back six, Jonathan Taylor, need you in a big way, sir. This is against the Las Vegas Raiders. And actually since week nine, the Raiders are allowing just 3.6 yards per carry to running backs. That is sixth in the league. Just 18% of those runs 
have resulted in a first down or touchdown that is third best in the league. Antonio Pierce, character, environment, creator. Yeah, Antonio Pierce, one of the, one of the coaches that could scream at his defensive line and linebackers with authority and have have the guts to to pull that one off. Yeah, I, I love this spot for Jonathan Taylor. Still, even though the the Ra- Raiders have been better, uh, this is a must win game for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor was effective last week. Eighteen of twenty one running back carries that led to sixteen expected points. I'm expecting even bigger numbers in this one, assuming that this game will be close as it's expected to be. Zach Moss limited with that forearm injury in practice still early to too early to tell if he's going to be effective, but I think that they want to use Jonathan Taylor, not Zach Moss, you know, sit it out. Okay. Next up one of the two Detroit lions running backs out there. Uh, your running back seven this week is Jameer Gibbs. We talked about it a little bit in stats versus film, but in the first half, Dave Montgomery out snapped out touched Jameer Gibbs, 21 to 17, then 13 to five. Then towards the end of the second quarter, Dave Montgomery has a head injury, gets examined for it, and barely plays the rest of the way. And that's really where Jameer Gibbs took off, and he did exceptional work in that environment too. Hayden, this is at the Dallas Cowboys, who two weeks ago, misdirection could not stop a nosebleed against the Buffalo Bills. Actually, efficiency standpoint, did quite well against the Miami Dolphins this past week. Um, We know that the Lions and their running game and how diverse it is, and how multiple it can be. I'm going to lead more towards what we saw in the Buffalo Bills game than I am this past week against the Dolphins for this Cowboys defense. The Dolphins' running style is more to the perimeter and way more misdirection and all that stuff. The Lions go north-south, and that's where the Cowboys are worst at. And Jameer Gibbs has earned more trust running more north-south. So, yeah, this is just a good spot for Jameer Gibbs. I leaned Gibbs way over David Montgomery just in case this game script gets away from the Lions. They are six-point underdogs in those type of games. We have seen Jameer Gibbs play more, but he's looked really good. The offensive line is amazing. I don't think that Jonathan Hankins, the defensive tackle, is going to play. And since he's been out, the Cowboys are 31st in rushing success rate allowed. So uh, I don't, I'm not expecting the, the usage split to be as wide as it was or as close as it was last week. I do think David Montgomery is going to get his carries, but I like Jameer Gibbs' chances um, of staying on the field no matter what. I'm not surprised that Jameer Gibbs is ranked this high. I am shocked at the disparity in the two rankings that you have between him Mm -hmm. and David Montgomery because just for reference, again, Jameer Gibbs here is running back seven. You have David Montgomery around running back 19. Mm -hmm. Um, That's pretty low. It's it's just if the Lions are losing by two touchdowns, which, hey, you're playing the Dallas Cowboys, anything could happen, then we can see David Montgomery kind of get schemed out of things. I just don't see that exactly happening with Jameer Gibbs. Okay, interesting. All right, we will keep it moving. Next up is James Cook. James Cook, good player. However, this past week, Hayden, did not see that same receiving work that has been so pivotal for him uh, three catches. Excuse me. I'm trying to find it here. Oh, all they were, all of them were runs. That's why I couldn't find them. All of them were runs. I mean, he didn't get a target for, I think for the first time since like week six on the season. And so what we need to happen is against the Patriots who also are very good at stopping the run is to get yeah. reinvolved in the receiving game. He needs it because the Patriots run defense is the best in the league. Number one in success rate. Number two in EPA allowed. What we saw last week, which was new, was big dude Leonard Fournette. He was out there, and it wasn't just in garbage time, nothing like that. He was playing in the two-minute drill, 
And then he also saw the only inside the five yard line, five yard line opportunity. So we'll see if James Cook can inherit a couple more of those touches. Hopefully we can get that receiving game usage back just because uh, the Patriots run defense is extremely real. All that said, Bill's still project for the fourth most points on the week back uh, earlier in the season against Bill Belichick. He had 56 rushing yards, 46 receiving yards and a touchdown in that one. So uh, this is basically as low as I can rank him because his role and the team total. Um, but this is not a good matchup for James Cook. Certainly they play back in week seven and yes, they stepped him for just 56 yards on 13 carries. Um, but he did catch three passes for 46 yards in a score. Mm-hmm. So let's just spam that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're running back nine. He's all the way up here. It's Devin Singletary. Not the, uh, not the best week this past weekend, but no. Hayden, we did see a couple weeks ago, one of these teams that played twice in a condensed schedule, the Tennessee Titans, um, Devin Singletary, 30 touches for 170 yards. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, without Jeffrey Simmons, the, t- the Titans are 27th in success rate allowed. Things are going to hit a lot cleaner for Devin Singletary with CJ Stroud instead of Case Keenum and Davis Mills. So I also want to just like reiterate how banged up the Titans defense is yeah. right now. It's Jeffrey Simmons. We have defensive tackles on IR. They're releasing linebackers. They're releasing uh, defensive tackles. We are waving players. I mean, the in, the safeties are getting traded away. This is their week one lineup. Look at all the red. Everyone's out of there. This this Titans defense is all backups right now. And that's why I think that the, the Texans team total is all the way up to 24 points and Devin Singletary last week. I know everything went completely sideways. That was against the Browns. They were getting blown out so bad in the fourth quarter that they actually just took him off the field. But before uh, that happened, it was Devin Singletary in this bell cow roll two minute drill early down. He's going to be the goal line back as well. So high team total, great matchup for him. Uh, It's time to party. Yeah. 10 of his 12 touches were in the first half. That's exactly what you said. They just took him out when they didn't, have a chance of winning the game. Okay, to close out your top 10, it is Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We mentioned it earlier at the start. Um, this is the game that he returned to the lineups in 2023, and he caught 13 freaking passes for 33 yards. It tilted me to death. Oh, my God. It'll force me to never, never nominate a league to be full-point PPR ever again because yeah. it was bogus. Um Hayden, we're going to get receiving work against this bill, this Buccaneers defense, um, but we're also getting some rushing work out of there. And as we have talked about Alvin Kamara, other than what we've seen this past week, he can do everything in this backfield. He can. He's been the running back 14 on running back 12 usage this month. They're getting Jamal Williams mixed in there. They're passing the ball in the red zone to all these tight ends that they have. The Bucks are fifth best against fantasy running backs. That includes that PPR scamming day from Alvin Kamara. Uh, the Bucs also have Vita Vea, the defensive tackle. He's in the lineup. Devin White, after all the drama, he played like 90% of the snaps. Yeah, exactly. So we don't have to worry about that. This front seven that we have been fearful of in the past is still mostly there. So it's not a great matchup individually for Alvin Kamara. And I think that game when he came back, that was like a very scared Derek Carr. They were trying to figure out exactly what they wanted to do on offense. And by the way, even though you call those passes, it didn't work. So that game plan, they cannot go back to that. So um, 81 and a half total yards in the pick and lobby. That seems appropriate. This is like team totals, like league average. So uh, fine play. 
Derek Carr hears you say that we can't throw to our running backs 13 times in one game, and he's just like, watch me. Watch I hope it's to freaking Chris Olave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, you're running back 11 on the week is Brees Hall. Talk about receiving usage. It was insane this past week. Um, Trevor Simeon barely threw beyond five yards. That is going to hit differently and won't work as successfully against yeah. this Cleveland Browns defense, who, if we're talking about running games, Hayden, and Reeves pointed this out in the worksheet, they've allowed .01 yards before contact oh boy. to backfields when playing at home. That is obviously by far the lowest rate in the league. The league average is actually 1.25 yards. <laughs> Man, Miles Garrett, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that's what my notes were, is you cannot overstate the difference between this version of the commander's defense and what the Browns are trotting out there right now. So Brees Hall was the second best expected points game, second best usage of any player any week this entire year last week. And still I can't get him in the top 10 because of how bad the jets offensive line is versus this defense line. Pick and lobby has an 81 and a half total yards. He's going to have to catch a lot of passes to get there because I think, like you said, the per touch stuff is going to get pretty, pretty gross. And it's Thursday night football on top of it. Did you know? Well, tonight, not tonight, night football. Yes. Yeah. How we're doing it. Um, He's now second in the NFL among running backs and receiving yards. Mm-hmm. My theory with like the, this would turn to Aaron Jones stuff attached to Aaron Rodgers. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Brees Hall next season. Mm-hmm. I have him inside. Like, I think I have him like six overall in my current rankings. Some people might be shocked by your running back 12 this week. That is DeAndre Swift. Uh, you should not be because this is against the Arizona Cardinals, a passive defense that is not even being called by Jonathan Ginnon. Let's put it that way. Um, Hayden, it's always, I'm not going to say a difficult ranking for DeAndre Swift, but attached to starting DeAndre Swift in your lineup, I thought, again, Richie Barr in the worksheet put it extremely eloquently. He has no or little receiving work. He's very dependent on hitting the end zone in an offense that when he gets down to the one yard line is not going to allow him to score touchdowns. And in fact, this past week, it was the sixth time this season that he had a run that fell down at the one yard line and he did not score on any of those six carries subsequently on that same drive. He's not the best player in my very mediocre in my opinion, but this matchup is just the stone cold nuts. So this is a totally eruption spot for DeAndre Swift. You and I have ranked DeAndre Swift as running back 25. We've ranked him around here at times. To me, it's just based off the matchup. If it's a difficult matchup, I don't think that he's going to maximize it. I do think that with this offensive line, he can certainly maximize it. Uh, in this one, I actually have him a spot ahead of Brees Hall, at this point in the last two outings, uh, we are looking at 17.8, 14.7 expected half PPR points. Those are 20 touch games. And then they're the Cardinals right now are the only team to allow 400 carries to running backs this season. And we're looking at 10 and a half point favorites, huge team total. So everything is for the taking for DeAndre Swift, except the tush push. Backfields have scored 22 touchdowns against the Arizona Cardinals wow. this season. Speaking of Ezekiel Elliott's up next. So it was a massive projection in terms of yardage totals for Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> heading into last week. It was ridiculous. This week, it's not going to be close. But what we have seen is him be very, very involved in the receiving game because Bailey Zappi has actually thrown for some yardage and he will quickly go down to his running back in the check down. A hurdle that we got from Ezekiel Elliott last week and Hayden when these teams played in week seven, Patriots running backs 
carried the ball 20 times for just 65 yards, but did catch six passes for 51 yards. And as we just saw, Ramondre Stevenson has been placed on injured reserve. We're going to copy that stat line here right here. It's going to be six receptions. We're going to get 70, 80 yards here. And that's that's all we need. He's been the RB4 usage this month. RB13 in production. I have him ranked as my running back 13. All this seems appropriate. It doesn't even matter that the team total is so low because he's been getting it done when the Patriots haven't really been scoring. So, yeah, this is just the, the best volume. And quite frankly, Zeke is just a much better player this year than what he was last year. Last year, he was very clearly injured. He looks a little bit more explosive. Derrick Henry at the Houston Texans is your running back 14, I believe. So the thesis, the, the thesis behind drafting Derrick Henry for many people was that he played the Houston Texans in two of the final three weeks in fantasy football. Well, Derrick Henry has been fantastic in four of the last five games this season. The fifth game was against the <laughs> Houston Texans where yeah. he was just totally denied. I mean, he had 20 touches for 10 total yards. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable stuff. Now we have seen this Texans defense be a bit injured in recent weeks and Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard. They can't duplicate what they did this that week, Hayden. But will it go from being that awful extreme to what we have seen in actually a top 12 running back basically in the other four games of his mm -hmm. last five play? I think we have a good chance of that because it's not just the two edge rushers that you named. It's also Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins. Those are the defensive tackles. They are also not practicing early in the week. Uh, there was a chance that the Titans were going to go to Ty J Spears a bunch in the last game, but it was the big dog eating at the goal line late in the game. So uh, if they can establish uh, a lead or keep this thing close, I do think that Derrick Henry is going to get fed here. This He's just been like a running back too with some upside uh, with Will Levis out there. And even with them eliminated from the playoffs, they're going to keep riding the face of the franchise. So um, much cleaner matchup this time around. We're, we're talking about four to five starters in the front seven that could not be playing in this one. Okay, the time has come. Clyde Edwards-Elair is your running back 15 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Explain yourself. Oh, well, I, I didn't want this to happen, except I kind of did. Remember in our, that oh, uh, you favorite round, round you 18? This, this is what we're talking about. Um, yeah, Isaiah Pacheco, concussion protocol. He has one fewer day to return than usual. Jarek McKinnon's on injured reserve. So this is uh, assuming that's going to be CH, and I believe it's Michael P. Ryan as the number two. Andy Reid's gone out of his way to compliment CH this entire season. Uh, if you're just looking at the RB1 for the Chiefs throughout this entire season, they're averaging 13 half PPR points on 13.4 expected PPR points. The Chiefs have the fifth highest team total of the week here. The Bengals' defense is awful. It's even worse without defensive tackle DJ Reader. So the volume's going to be there. They have nobody else to go to. The matchup is clean. And Mahomes doesn't trust some of his wide receivers. So I do wonder if they're going to lean on the someone that he can trust in CEH. Even if he's not very explosive, it's just really hard to get away from the touches uh, and the team total right here. I can't do this with you. That's fine. I, mean, I don't there, want you there on are, the train. I don't there want are you on the so train. many other running backs behind him that I understand maybe they're picking projections or they're not playing the Cincinnati Bengals defense. But I can just hopefully rely on them to score a touchdown or they're attached to just better offenses at this point than oh, what the Chiefs. Come on. No, the, what is the Chiefs offense right now? 
Uh, they only project for the fifth most points. If you if you would like to go, there is no team. That, go for it. Aiden, there is no it. team that has failed to reach their projected sure. total more often than the Kansas City Chiefs this, this season. I, I hope you go make some money off that. Then uh, go ahead this year. Go ahead. It's, it's keep, work. Keep, it's worked we'll more keep, often this season than it hasn't. Keep going. Yeah. Keep and going. also, but e- even if it's just the projected total, are we sure that's being funneled to a running back that they really don't care about? I mean, I'm ranking him as the running back 15. Like I have Brees Hall and CEH ranked ahead of him, and their team total is literally half of it. I'm 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 with you on that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah. This after is the appropriate him, range. No, no, no. But but after him, it's names like, and I understand he's being wholly inefficient this season. But it's Tony Pollard. It's guys like Kenneth Walker. It's guys like David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, who's injured. Like Tony Pollard is worse than CEH right now. Give me a break. He's, Tony he's Pollard. He he is really bad right now. Okay. I think. <laughs> Handshake deal. Tony Pollard, CEH, who scores more points this week. Oh, I've ranked CEH ahead for a reason. Okay. I think let's All right. let's agree to that one. Okay, there we go. Okay, next is Tony Pollard. Um, Not all the way up there. He's right there. Uh, this is against the Detroit Lions defense, Hayden. And as we have seen, without Lee McNeil, a Detroit Lions defense, if you understand and have blocking schemes against Aiden Hutchinson, you can have some success against them. Ty Chandler didn't have the success, though, uh, last week. So, yeah, I think this is a, a totally fine matchup. They're projected for a ton of points here. Uh, if Rico Dowdle is out and he didn't practice, he left with an ankle injury, that will certainly change some things for Tony Pollard. But he's been bottom three in success rate. I don't know how he didn't score that touchdown last time. And what happened after that is they went to fullbacks uh, in the red area. They went to just passes in other short yard situations. They just went shock and just ran the ball or uh, uh, passed the ball out to the flats at times. And then in pass protection, they brought in that same fullback that was fumbling the ball in there because they didn't trust Tony Pollard in that. So uh, it's just been really bad for Tony Pollard. He's running back 27 or running back 14 usage this month. This is as low as I can rank somebody on a team projected to score what are what a 30 points. They're projected to score 30 points this week, and I still can't give give him full confidence as an RB1 right now because he's been playing so poorly. And last week, he was losing snaps, uh, critical snaps uh, at that as well. Okay. Next, Raheem Mostert. Does this come down to some questions of an injury that he sustained last week? That and the Dolphins team total is more league average. We've seen like the Dolphins kind of up in this tier. So we have injury concerns. Uh, he was cleared to play, but didn't go back into the game the second half. A little knee sprain for him. But just even even without that, uh, the Dolphins team total is just like a touchdown less than what it typically is. So um, moved both A-Chain and Raheem Mostert down like a full tier or two uh, because of that. Okay. James Conner. This is at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I mean, James Conner this past week, Hayden, showed us something that we hadn't seen at all this season in terms of his receiving usage. Five receptions, 67 yards. Mm-hmm. He had, according to Reeves, 39 receiving yards on the season prior to last week. So I don't know if we can take what we saw last week and put it into this game. Well, they were trailing and they should be trailing again here. And, a lot. Yeah, but James Conner, it doesn't really matter. Over the last three games, James Connors faced the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Bears with Montez Sweat. Three very good defenses. He's had 22.5, 16.4, and 19.7 half PBR points. He's been an RB1 over this really crazy stretch. Obviously, the Eagles, extremely hard matchup. The trenches mismatch here 
is very, very hard to overcome. But James Conner is number one in yards after contact per carry in the entire NFL. Number one. This dude still is running over people. He still has explosiveness. Nobody covers the Cardinals. Nobody cares about James Conner for some reason. Super fun player. He's just been really underappreciated. So even in a bad matchup, we do need to start treating him as an RB2 because he has been producing like more than that in equally as difficult matchups. Okay. Question with all that said, and including that this Eagles defense has allowed 135 total yards to running backs per game over the last six, which was after their bye, mm-hmm. after just 82 prior to the bye. Um, why is he listed behind CEH? Well, I mean, we're looking at totally different team totals here. And CEH is going to be playing a lot. Unless you think LaMichael P. Ryan is going to get a bunch of snaps, I think CEH is going to play a ton. Okay. Just asking questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, have we gotten 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18? One more name, and that is Kenneth Walker here as your running back 19. Um, Kenneth Walker has not been 100% healthy as of late, but I still see Kenneth Walker uh, posting some unreal highlights every single yes. week, and now he faced the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Steelers have been definitely solid on defense up front and definitely compared to what their secondary has been the last three games, um, 9.9, 11, and 11 expected points. So that's kind of like in this like RB3 discussion. He's better than that on tape for the metrics, anything that you need here. So I'm just hoping that he can break off a long run here. The Seahawks do project for 22 points, which is above kind of average. Um, at home here, this game they need to win. So everything's on the line for Kenneth Walker here. He just like has not had the exact volume that other backs have had just because like Zach Charbonnet is playing in the two-minute drill, for example. Okay. We will move on to running back 20. We talked about him earlier. It's Dave Montgomery. Anything you want to add here? Again, I, I think that the drastically different rankings in these is a bit too large. Yeah, just they're projected to lose this game, and that's always a little bit fearful for David Montgomery, who's definitely better in uh, with with leads. Uh, but I would not be surprised at all if the first 12 plays of the game are under center. David Montgomery runs right up the middle. Hopefully he can score a touchdown on them. He's not going to have the same receiving profile as a lot of the backs ahead of him. He's still very good. Um, right before the show went live, I had a comment like, RB seven to RB 21, very flat to me. Like you can kind of, these guys are all going to be projected for 60, 70, 80 yards in the pick and lobby. Who's scoring the touchdowns. Um, just David Montgomery is a little bit more game script dependent than the other backs will be, but great matchup for him individually. I really wanted to rank him higher, but um, CH. Okay. Aaron Jones up next. Um, one of my favorite players when he has played this season, which has been very rare. Uh, this right. is at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings defense, as we have talked about, just tricky to run against, uh, I think is the best way of saying it. However, in the receiving game, when you are able to catch passes and not just pass protect, they have been able to give up yardage in week eight. Green Bay backs caught nine pass or 58 yards. And Hayden, as we talked about, Aaron Jones, since he has returned, has been heavily utilized despite not, you know, a 80% snap player. Right. 17.7 and 20 expected points. He's the RB2 overall in usage. I think things will kind of go down a little bit from there, though, because it seems like Jaden Reed is going to practice here. A.J. Dillon uh, was mixing in last week, so I think that A.J. Dillon will have a role here in just the matchup. uh, I I still think it is a pretty bad one against 
uh, Minnesota in general. So Pick and Lobby only has us at 55 and a half rushing yards. Um, we'll see if Christian Watson and Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, the final injury report will kind of tinker this ranking a little bit. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Dylan did play last week. He had like he came in for one goal line carry, and yep. that was basically it. I, I felt like this team trusts and believes in Aaron Jones the most. I mean, he's clearly sure. the best back sure. on that team. Next up is Chuba Hubbard. Um, this against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, a defense that tries to stop the run, but a team that is on a three-game skid at the moment, to say the least. The yeah, this. Jacksonville's not very good right now. Um, and even if they are a pass funnel, I think the Panthers know where their bread is buttered right now. And that is trying to run the ball when they can and then get Bryce to create at times uh, like he did last week. He was coming off by far the best Bryce game of his career. Uh, Chuba Hubbard profiles better than this. Um, but this is, I will still say, a below average matchup for him. And the Panthers still can't get above that 16 point. Uh, team total uh, again so just not not the same exact receiving profile as some of these other backs as well he needs that like 80 yards and a touchdown and this is a tougher matchup to kind of get that done ty chandler against the green bay packers a packers defense that is 26th in rushing points allowed per game just over 15 um we saw ty chandler struggle last week because he was asked to pass protect and that is not his game it's a reason why he hasn't been playing as often this season as someone like me has called for. Um, but I don't know if that will be as big of a factor this week as Agreed. it was last week. I completely agree. They were actually getting their fullback CJ Ham in there to pass protect. Uh, Alexander Madison barely played. I'm expecting Madison to play more in this one. Um, but there is still a ton of upside here. The Vikings project for 24 points. They're missing Kirk Cousins, TG Hawkinson, and probably Jordan Addison with the ankle injury. I mean, Kevin O'Connell has this team fired up, ready to go, and projecting for a lot of points. Obviously, the Packers just clown show defense at this point. I mean, what happened at the coin toss was like the latest thing for, for the Packers. Um, so I think Ty Chandler has a ton of upside from this spot. I just can't rely on him as much as some of the backs around him. Next, Gus Edwards. This is against the Miami Dolphins, and what we are counting on with Gus Edwards is a short yardage touchdown, and if he doesn't get that, then you're probably going to get five or six points. Yes. Luckily, he plays for the Ravens, and they have lots of goal line opportunities. Last week, he had three of them on three different drives. It's just him and Justice Hill. I think they've maximized what they could do with Justice Hill. They, they use Justice Hill a lot this past week. They definitely, they definitely want to use him, but this is certainly Gus Bus at the goal line. This, I think, is going to be a high-scoring game against against the Dolphins. I know they have both good defenses, but these offenses are too good just in general. Um, back, call it Week Four, when he was kind of a clear starter after the J.K. Dobbins injury, he's averaged twelve half PPR points. That's kind of right in this like RB two three range. Okay. After that, Samir White. Um, you know. Josh Jacobs could pop in here. It's Samir White. Whoever's going to be the starter by the time that they play, uh, we know that Antonio Pierce is going to give them a ton of carries. He has talked about in his press conferences that I know that you know that I know that you know, blah, 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 yeah. that we're going to run the football, and that's real football. And uh, so whoever is the back end there is going to get 18-plus carries. Yeah, I had the same exact notes. Josh Jacobs did not practice again with the quad injury, so I don't know what exactly is going on. He is a pending free agent, so I wonder if that has something to do with it. Next, Joe Mixon has not been great as of late. Um, 
it's interesting. A guy who was like never scoring touchdowns went on a streak of scoring some touchdowns. And mm-hmm. now that he's not doing it again, it's felt like um, he's kind of back in this range. And obviously Jake Browning uh, is what we saw this past week that if he doesn't hit that special player to have a ton of yards for catch opportunities, plus Chase Brown being in the ball game, um, then the Bengals kind of crumble down to earth. Let's put it that way. Right. I think Jake Browning just it was a sign of regression this last week after getting away with some things in the weeks prior. Um, in the last two games, Mixon's been at 13 and a half and 12.6 expected points. They want to get Chase Brown involved. And then, yeah, the Chiefs, their fourth best in success rate defense right now as well. So just worried about kind of the game flow and how Joe Mixon has gotten home with Jake Browning. I'm not sure exactly how sticky uh, that type of production is. But like the fact that Joe Mixon is ranked this low is just a sign that like all the teams are healthy, like trying to distinguish between Mixon at 27 and then CH at 15 stuff. This tier is still very, very flat. I do want to add because in week 13 against the Jaguars, he was the running back one overall week 14. He was the running back seven overall week 15. He was running back 14. And then obviously against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense that we just saw, Mm -hmm. it was running back 34 So we are kind of leaning towards what we saw in week 16 to be this actual offense against the Kansas City Chiefs defense, which let's say probably uh, needs to turn things around versus what we saw last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. And they certainly have the talent and the coaching to do that, that we are almost not disregarding, but not believing that the three weeks that we saw with Jake Browning are who Joe Mixon can really Mm -hmm. be in fantasy football in the the championships. Yeah, I don't think that Jake Browning, like he was like, top five in all these numbers he's he's not top five quarterback so i think what we saw last week is probably a fair projection in general okay what if i told you hayden that travis Etienne in consensus rankings for week 17 is a running back five overall i mean am i missing something when has he been that good it, I, this is something that we talk about every single week the chat has been going crazy this entire time i have him ranked higher than this for the record okay where do you have him uh, ahead of Gus Bus and Ty Chandler. Yeah, right next to Chuba, right there. Okay, so, but that is the running back 24. So let's still have this conversation. Please. Um, in the last few weeks, the Jacksonville running game is like 30th in the league. This is EPA. This is, this is everything. And this is these are the notes that we brought out last week prior to week 16 when everyone was trying to rake Travis Etienne high. And he goes out there and goes and becomes the running back 47 in week 16. Um, Since the week nine by ETN has carried the ball 78 times for 254 yards. He's averaging 0.47 yards before contact. That is 33rd out of 36. As Richie Barton has noted, what if the last time that Travis ETN rushed for 56 yards was week five? It felt like it. And it's true. Like this is who Travis Etienne is now and has been for the last few weeks. Yet chat consensus rankings wants him to be a top five running back this week. I mean, look, just look at the matchup right now. The Jacksonville is dead last in r- rushing EPA or bottom five. And then they're facing the number one unit. So like, this is just, it's a really bad matchup for Travis Etienne. Uh, also Trevor Lawrence is highly questionable to play we're talking about a shoulder injury it seems like he's gonna gut through it today right but i mean trevor lawrence it's now head shoulders knees and toes for him so we're not seeing the same exact trevor lawrence if you guys haven't watched the jacksonville offense right now it's not good in fact you can call it bad it's it has not been clicking 
right now. So yeah, Travis Etienne certainly has the talent to rip off a big play. So does other players like Aaron Jones around him. Uh, I've seen Gus Bus do it at times. Joe Mixon has done it. But this is the tier because Jacksonville's offense is just not what people want it to be. We have to, we have to make some adjustments. Yeah, for sure. And the bye week has been a tale of two halves really for Travis Etienne season. I just want to run through these real quick. And in fact, how about I just share this tab just to quickly show everyone, okay? Prior to the bye, the opening parts of the season, he was a running back six, the running back nine, the running back one, running back three, running back four, running back five in seven of the opening nine games. Fantastic stuff. Take that with what you want, right? Or six of the opening eight, whatever it is. Since 39, 26, 19, 12, 15, 30, 47. How does any of that and Jacksonville struggling, nothing improving, lead us to a top five or heck, even top 10 week? Like it is possible, but what you are banking on is short yardage rushing touchdowns for a team that has struggled to get into that area because it hasn't really been explosive or receiving aspects to Travis Etienne's game as of late. Over the last month, he's running back 23 in usage. So it's not like that he's like some huge positive regression candidate. Like they're not moving the ball enough. They're not throwing them the ball enough to warrant what we saw earlier on the season. And I do think it's offensive line injuries. It's no Christian Kirk. It's no Zay Jones. It's Trevor Lawrence not looking like himself. Like there's reasons why this offense is just not clicking right now. And the yeah. Panthers, by the way, are super slow paced. You don't run a lot of plays against Carolina and their defense has actually been uh, quite respectable for most most of the season on top of it. Yeah, I said he had only he had not rushed for 56 yards since week five. He's done it one time. Excuse me. One time. That was back in week eight, which was before the bye. So, mm-hmm. okay. It's always a fun conversation when, you know, players change drastically. Right. From earlier parts in the year when they're banked in, locked in, top five, top ten names until now. Because injuries happen, teams change, things aren't as successful, so on and so forth. And we have to adjust along with them. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, Devon Achan rounds out your top 28. Um, talk about adjusting. Like, this was a player who we thought could win you your season at one point, and it just hasn't hit quite the same. And obviously, the number of touches has not been as equal as we saw in certain games this season, too. This month, uh, since returning from injury, running back 26 usage, he's been the running back 19 because he's a good player, uh, performing better than what the usage would expect, but what we saw last week was a little bit worrisome. Uh, even with Raheem Mostert missing, they just went to Jeff Wilson in the short yardage situations. Uh, we haven't really seen like the Devon H hand kind of uh, like graduation into a different type of role. It's still more or less the same type of touches he's uh, been relying on. And now he gets the Ravens and the R- Ravens have the linebackers and the speed at linebackers in particular and Marlon Humphrey to tackle these kind of outside runs. So it's a really bad matchup for Devon Achan. Of course, he still has explosive ability. And if Raheem Mostert is actually out this game, I'll move him higher than this. But uh, this is kind of in line where his usage has been. And this is about as bad of a matchup for Devon Achan in in particular. Okay. 29, 30, 31 are Javante Williams, Austin Eckler, and Antonio Gibson because he is the only running back left on the commander's roster. So, yeah, let's start with Antonio Gibson. Brian Robinson's limited in practice right now with a hamstring injury. Chris Rodriguez was sent to injured reserve, so it's too early in the week to tell. They want Brian Robinson to be the guy. He's actually on a rookie contract, Antonio Gibson. He's an expiring contract, so too early in the week to give a final ranking on Gibson. 
Javante Williams, he's been the running back 31 on running back 21 usage, has just not hit as hard. Jarrett Stidham is a couple points worse than uh, Russell Wilson is in general. So I think the Broncos uh, offense takes a slight hit with the quarterback change. And then for Austin Eckler, uh, in the last two games, 6.7, 12.4 expected points without Justin Herbert. Um, he keeps winning these hot hand battles with Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. Um, the Broncos are really bad, uh, second worst against fantasy running backs. But you do have to worry at some point, are they just going to like pull it out from Austin Eckler um, and give some of the, the younger guys an opportunity? Like, for example, like Keenan Allen is still not practicing, still not playing out there. So uh, we're in a, just a completely lost cause for the Chargers. Okay, we'll close this out with both Steelers running backs, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and then also uh, Jerome Ford at the end to close out these Week 17 rankings. Yeah, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, we we know what we're getting with these two guys. And then Jerome Ford keeps losing goal line touchdowns to Kareem Hunt. Yep. Uh, and then with the Bears guys, um, Deontay Foreman's back at practice. He's been the lead back when he is out there. Khalil Herbert had a good game. We've seen Roshan Johnson have a good game. I'm not sure if the Bears know exactly who they want to give the ball to. So I certainly don't have a clue there as well. Okay. That does it. Um, I love when we disagree with each other. I love when we disagree with the comments and the chat. Um, I'm not going to go as to follow, call it a, a, a guessing game in playing fantasy football, but you use the information that you think is valuable in the hopes of predicting the future, which guess what? Predicting the future is quite difficult. Um, so that's what we try to do. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, we'll have actually the quarterbacks and tight end rankings right around kickoff, maybe just a little bit beforehand. So be on the lookout for that. And then tomorrow it is wide receivers on top of that four. <laughs> real quick. This is the perfect, perfect comment. Everyone in the chat thinks that they're running backs in the top 10. Until you actually sit here and have to do the rankings, there's only 10 guys in the top 10. Everyone else gets moved further than you'd want to. Great point. That does it for us for <laughs> week 17. Um, we will also, just to get this on the record, have a show on Sunday morning because there are 14 games to be played on Sunday. There's no most of them in the morning. Yeah, most of them are in the early slate. There's 14. So we'll be here to help all of you. All right. Up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See you.